Hey, if you're a teacher in the room, I need all the teachers to stand up in the room. If you are a teacher, if you've been a teacher, if you're a teacher right now, can we give it up for these men and women? Hey, we like, we like to honor people, so we just want to give you a gift, and we want to say, we're praying for y'all, because I, I know how it is that you guys may be seated, and we just want to say thank you uh, so much, and do we have any more teachers? We good? We good? One more? Oh, we got one. We got, you got a bag? Perfect. Awesome. So we want to just uh, celebrate all of our teachers. So here we go. Let, let's dive in today. I want to kind of lay a, a foundation real quick. The more I read the Bible, and maybe if you've been reading it for a while, you feel kind of like me, but the more that I read the Bible, the more humor that I find in it. Like, do you ever read a story and you're like, that's funny? Like, Jesus is being funny in that moment. Or, or do you ever read something and going, man, that's a backhanded comment if I've ever heard one in my entire life? And, and then there's those stories in the Bible that when you read them, it's like line by line and verse by verse, your eyes get a little bigger. And, and it's like if this was happening in real time, you would start to turn your head. It's like, oh, boy. Like, what, what's about to go down? It's like you want to just grab some popcorn and get a front row seat. It's kind of like this. For all my fitness people, all the, the 926 people in the room, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like when Luke and Jake start talking junk to Zach, saying they're going to beat him in a workout. And then it's like, oh, man, I just want to pull up a chair and watch this workout. I want to watch this workout go down. Because I heard what happened Saturday when y'all worked out. And I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that Jake or Luke are not going to win a workout for the next two weeks because I know how you are, Zach. I know, I know you're going to come after their head, but, but that's how I feel sometimes when I read Scripture. And John chapter 9 is one of those stories. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 9. If you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those journals. But it catches your attention and your eyes get a little bigger with every verse that passes. And you start to ask yourself questions like, did that really just happen? Am I really reading what I think I'm reading? Let me pick up in John chapter 9, starting in verse 1. It reads like this, as he, being Jesus, went along, he saw a blind man from birth. And, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus, who messed up? Somebody had to mess up because this man was born blind. And Jesus' re response is this, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this has happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him as long as it is day. We must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6, after saying this, he spit on the ground and he made mud with saliva. Hold up. Like, can, can y'all laugh with me for just a second? Like, this is really in the Bible. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on? Jesus is talking to his disciples. He walks up to this dude, and he spits on the ground, twirls it with his finger, and he makes some mud. And if you're like me, as you read this scripture, you're going, what in the world is going on? Jesus, I, Jesus, I know you're the son of God. Jesus, I, I trust you. I, I, I trust you. But, dude, you just spit on the ground, and that's just a little weird. And this is the way that my brain works. That had to be a lot of spit, right? Because it's not just like I'm going to spit one time and I'm going to splash. Like it had to be like a loogie. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it had, can we laugh at church a little bit? Like, like this is the way I read the Bible. This is the way I want you to read the Bible because it actually happened. Could you imagine Jesus spitting 
in the ground and then making mud. Picking up at the end of verse 6, it says, and he put it in the man's eyes. Nope, I'm out. Like, I'm gone. Like, like Jesus, we're about to throw down. I'm about to throw hands with Jesus because you just spit on the ground. And then you threw some mud in my face. He spit on the ground. He made saliva. Then he put it in the man's eyes. And he said, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. This seems a little crazy, right? It seems a little unorthodox. In fact, to me, it seems a little disrespectful. Like, like if I were to come down here and go, hey, who's having trouble seeing this morning? Right? Hey, whose shoulder's hurting? Paul, your foot's hurting. I'm, I'm going to spit on my hands, and then I'm going I'm to make some mud and lay it on your feet. Like, if I walked up to someone today, and I spit on the ground, and I made some mud, and I threw it on you, I feel like, Robert, I feel like we would fight. I, I feel like, Zach, could you imagine somebody throwing some mud on your face? Coach, could you, could you imagine it? Like what, like, what type of reaction would you have? Matt, I know what type of reaction I would have. I'm a pastor. I'm about to meet him with a holy punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're... You're not, you're, not putting mud, you're not putting mud in my face. It seemed a little disrespectful. And think back to what the disciples' response were when they first saw him. They said, Jesus, who sinned? Jesus, who, who messed up so bad? Was it his parents or was it him that he was born blind? Who, who, something has to be wrong that this man was born blind. Can you imagine... The blind man, for a second, he had lived his entire life blind. Everyone that passed him day in and day out thought that he had done something wrong, thought that he had sinned, thought that his family had sinned, and, and he was carrying this burden. He was carrying this curse. I imagine that he was probably at his wit's end. And this is why I say this. It's because he decided to trust the mess. He decided to trust the spit and to trust the mud and to trust something that was so unordinary because in his entire life he had tried every other option. And to that point, there was nothing else that worked. What about us today? What about you and your current situations? Are you willing to trust the mess? See, life can seem hard. God told, God told you to start that business, but now it's harder more than it ever was before. It, you feel like it's almost in a mess. God told you to walk away from that relationship that wasn't honoring to God. The problem was you were living with the individual, you were sharing bills, and now that you've moved out, and now that you, you're on your own, it feels like your life is a mess. God told you to start focusing on your physical health. Like, Pastor, you going to talk about physical health this morning? Yeah, a little bit. God told you to, talk, to start focusing on your physical health. But then you had to wake up earlier, and, and you felt like you weren't getting enough sleep, and, and, and healthy food you think costs more, which it really doesn't, but that's a lie, and some people follow it or whatever. But, but here's the reality. You feel like your life is a mess. God told me to do this, but when I do it, I felt like my life was a mess. Are we willing to trust the mess? It sounds a little insane. Not only does it sound insane, but if we pick up with the rest of the, so the story, from the outside looking in, it actually didn't work from the beginning. 
Pastor, what are you talking about? Think about it. After Jesus spit in the dirt, he made some mud, slapped it on the man's eyes. The guy was still blind. And Jesus said, hey, go and walk and wash. You know you really trust the mess if you're willing to walk blind. Verse number 7, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Pastor, how do you know he was walking blind? Let's read the rest of the story. Verse 8, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? How many of you know when you start following Jesus, society will try to call you what you once were? Wasn't this the man that used to beg? Some claimed that it was, others said no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, the man they call Jesus made some mud, he put it in my eyes, and he told me to go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. The man had to walk blind. I went and washed, and after I washed, I could see. He trusted the mess, and then he walked blind. Let me encourage someone today to walk blind and continue to work on that business even when it gets hard. To walk blind and continue to trust God will heal your marriage. Walk blind and continue trusting God after the loss of a loved one. Walk blind and continue to trust God with whatever situation you find yourself in today. And the easy way to walk blind is to follow the voice of Jesus. To follow the voice of God. Pastor, where's the voice of God? It's called the B-I-B-L-E. For some reason, we feel like we don't hear the voice of God, and I would ask you this. You feel like you don't hear the voice of God, or you're not hearing from God. Are you reading the word of God? Because we can go through our life, and we can say, I've never heard God's voice. As a pastor, as a dude, I've never heard an audible voice from God, but I've heard God's voice in the Bible. God has directed me through his word, whose voice is leading you. Tell you a story about Jeremy Brown and Jerome Avery, Jeremy, Jeremy Brown's a three-time Olympian. And in Rio, the, the Paralympic Games in Rio 2016, he won a gold medal in the 100-meter sprint. Take a look at this video from the Rio Olympics. David Brown, the reigning world champion, goes in lane three alongside Jerome Avery, former international sprinter for the United States. I ran with him our first practice, coach immediately said, you're going to run with him after me. And, you know, the rest has been history. Here you go, run, 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 run. Stay in tight. Running with Jerome, I don't have to worry about going out too far. All I have to focus on is just listening to him. Get up. Nice. Arm action should be exact. We should be hitting the ground at the same time. This time, they're away. Brown gets away very, very well in Can you see his run? But like one person. It should look like one person running. That's the That tracking side on camera is magic to watch because it just shows that they're running almost like one person. Did you notice, did you notice Jerome's voice? Jerome was the individual that could see. And when they got on the starting block, as soon as the gun went off, all he said was, try, 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 try. And then right after that, Jeremy said this. He said, I don't have to worry about going too far. All I have to do is focus on his voice. 
regardless of the noise, regardless of the stage, regardless of what was on the line, I just had to focus on his voice. And I wish somebody would catch this today. Whose voice are you focused on? Is it, is it the, the voice of your own self-doubt? Is it the voice of your own fears and your own failures? For many of us in this room, is it the voice of CNN? Or is it the voice of Fox News? Is it the voice of social media? Is it the voice of, I wish I had what they have? Is it the voice of comparison? That one hits a little hard for me. Too often we want to try to compare ourselves with what others have and, and, and what, with, with what others are doing. Is it the voice of the friends that you have at work? Here's the funny thing. We take advice from people we don't even want to be like. Pastor, what are you talking about? We take relationship advice for, from someone who's been divorced three different times. We, 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 try to take, we try to take financial advice from someone who's filed for bankruptcy twice. We, we want to take, take wellness advice and health advice from someone who's not even taking care of themselves. We take advice from people we don't even want to be like. Whose voice are you listening to? We listen to the wrong voices too often. Are you listening to the voice of culture and society and the world? Or are you listening to the voice of Jesus? Because what I know is this. Jesus always says, I got you. What I know is this. Jesus says, I won't let you go too far. What I know is this. Jesus says, try, 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 try. All you have to do is focus on the voice of the Lord. All right, so I need some help. I need, um, <clears throat> there's not going to be many hands that are raised. I need someone to help me with an illustration. Uh, so if you trust me with your life, <laughs> quite literally, I need you to raise your hand. One person, two people. This is going to be even better. Curtis, go ahead and come up here. I'm going to pick somebody that doesn't trust me. Come on. Hey, Curtis, don't feel bad. Here's the deal. My own wife didn't raise her hand. All right? <laughs> is, your, is your heart thumping a little bit? All right, come on. Go, go jump up on stage. Jump up on stage. I appreciate some of the people's hands that went up. Some hands that went up that I didn't think were going to go up. still love you, babe. <laughs> so so, so here, here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a little difficult. All right? You're going to close your eyes here in a second. And I'm going to try, I'm going to attempt. <laughs> we haven't practiced this. I didn't tell you we were doing this. I'm going to attempt to walk you back to your seat by talking to you. But your eyes are going to be blindfolded the entire time. Now, now this, is, this is also what I need. If you're out in the crowd, um, Stacey, can you do me a favor? Can you get this on Curtis? Hey, uh, all that good stuff. I kind of want to talk about it. Not the gym, that's right. We'll talk about this at the gym. So while she's getting him set up, this is what I need from you guys. While I'm walking him back to his seat, I need you to make noise. All right? Like I need you to make some real noise. All right? So, Jake, I've heard you, I've heard you yell no rep to people across the gym at 5 a.m. All right? I know you can get loud. Zach, I know you can get loud because you finish your workout first 99% of the time, and then you encourage other people. Coach, you're a coach. Like... You can get, you can get the parents in the room. All right, Kami, where are you? You are a cheerleader. You can get loud. 
All right, my parents in the room, I've heard you yell at your kids from across the gym and they listen to you. All right, grandparents in the room, I know you can get loud. So I need you to clap, I need you to make some noise on the count of three, okay? And, and as I do that, Curtis, I'm gonna walk you back. Curtis, you want the easy way or the hard way? It doesn't matter. Well, the easy way is to listen to my voice. The hard way is to do it on your own. See, too often in life, we try to do it on our own. We take the hard way. We, we think that, okay, well, Curtis knows that if he just steps off and starts walking straight, then, then maybe he'll eventually get to his seat. But, but that's still the hard way because he's trying to do it on his own. I'm going to leave my mic on just so you guys can kind of hear what I'm saying. But I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to yell. I'm just going to talk to Curtis. So on the count of three, I want you to get loud and make some noise until he gets back to his seat. Ready? One, two, three. That's all that matters. So what I want you to do is I want you to do a 180 and turn around. Keep turning. Keep turning. Keep turning. I want you to take two steps forward. Stop. I want you to turn to your right. I want you to take a half step forward. I want you to step up because there's a step there. So step up with your left foot or your right foot. Right. Step all the way up. Stacy, don't move. Don't move. All right, Curtis, I want you to take a half step forward. And I want you to turn to your side. Turn to, turn to your left, turn to your left. Now walk diagonally, like shuffle to the side. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, keep shuffling. Now stop. I want you to take three steps forward. One more step forward. Now slide to your right. Now this is where it's getting hard because we're going to go down some stairs, all right? So I want you to reach out with your right hand. Reach down. Now reach out with your left hand. This is what you didn't hear. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. I said, Curtis. I said, Curtis, you're not listening to my voice. His response was, I know. 
You ran into something. Every time you ran into something, you weren't listening to my voice. You're trying to, you're trying to get ahead of me. You trusted me, but you got ahead of me. See, I think in life sometimes we trust God, but we get ahead of God. So sometimes we trust the voice of the Lord, but for some reason we get ahead of God. Are you willing to walk blind? And then I got to end with this. We, gotta, we have to read the rest of the story. We have to stand firm when others don't. See, it's, e- it's easy. It's easy to trust the mess. Once you've been following Jesus a little while, it's easy to trust the mess. Once you've been following Jesus just a little while, it's easy. It's easy to walk blind. But are you willing to stand when no one else does? Let me give you a quick overview of what's going on. The Pharisees start investigating the healing of this blind man because they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that it was real. So so the, the people brought the Pharisees to the man that had been blind. And they start bickering back and forth. It can't be of God because he was healed on the Sabbath. It it can't be of God because the man was healed when when no one was supposed to work. And and the dude said, listen, he put mud on my eyes and then I washed and now I can see. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm just telling you what happened. Picking up in verse 18. The Pharisees, they still did not believe that, that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? Could you imagine the scene? They pull pull the family out in the middle of the road, and they're pointing their fingers. Is this your son? Was this man blind? How can he now see? Verse 20, we know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age, and he will speak for himself. Verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. When I read this story, and my heart broke because I couldn't imagine. Babe, could, could you imagine? Hold my hand. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? She's like, what are you doing? I don't do this stuff. Could you imagine that we had to stand before a group of people and they're pointing their fingers at us and they're saying, is that your kid? Is that, was that Piper? Was that Harlow? And could you imagine looking, looking back at a crowd and saying something along the lines of, ask them, we don't want any part of it. Ask them, we don't want to have any, in fact, we, would, we just want to join the crowd. We'll, we'll turn around, you can sit down, babe. We'll turn around and we'll just start pointing our fingers too because we don't want any part of what's going on. We don't want to be cast out of the synagogue. We want to be a part of society. We want to be a part of culture know if you're a parent in the room but could you imagine denying your kid I don't care how far they've gone I don't care how many mistakes they've made I could never deny my kids Matt could you could you deny yours now Gabe maybe sometimes right (laughs) depends on what time it is right no but see like 
You've got three beautiful kids. Could you ever deny them? Couldn't do it. Now I'll make it even harder and I'll look at your dad. Toby, could you, could you ever deny your kids? Doesn't matter how far someone has gone. Jim and Martha, could you ever deny your son? Couldn't do it. Could never deny your kids. It's, I told you, it's one of those stories that as you read it, your eyes get a little bigger, your jaw starts to drop. Verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. My prayer and my hope is that as much as we would never deny our kids, you felt that in the room, right? Like you, you felt it. My prayer and my hope is that we would never deny Jesus. We would never deny the Son of God. Again, I have to ask you, when you will you stand firm when others don't? Verse 25, the blind man replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know is I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you and how did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Again, it's those backhanded comments, right? Like there's humor in scriptures. And, and this is what I love. He started going at the Pharisees just a bit. But think about the fullness of this story. This man trusted the voice of the Lord without ever seeing him. Think about it. He got slapped with mud in his face. He walked blind. And then after he washed in the pool, Jesus was nowhere around. He didn't see Jesus as soon as he could see. Picking up in verse 35. Jesus heard that the man, or Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, and he went and found him. Maybe some of you in the room have been following Jesus, and you feel like your family's thrown you out. You feel like your co-workers have thrown you out. You feel like the group of friends that you were closest to it has thrown you out because you started actively following Jesus. And what I love about this story is when Jesus heard that the man had been thrown out, what did he do? He went and found him. And he said, hey, listen, they can throw you out, but I'm still with you. They, they can throw you out, but I'm always going to be by your side. Jesus asked the blind man, do you believe in the Son of Man? The blind man still didn't recognize him to this point. So he responded, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have seen him now. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Someone needs to know it's always been the voice of Jesus guiding you all along. That gut feeling that you had to start that new job, that was Jesus. That gut feeling that you had to start that business, that was Jesus. That gut feeling that you had to reach out to that friend because they almost committed suicide, that was Jesus. That group that you felt like you were supposed to start to build community, that was Jesus. That business that's been successful after you started, that was Jesus. Can I encourage someone today to trust the mess, to walk blind, and to stand when nobody else does? It was Jesus guiding you when you when you should have been in the ditch dead. It was Jesus guiding you that kept you from going to that party. 
it was Jesus guiding you that kept you from hooking up on that date. It was Jesus guiding you that, that kept you from drinking too much and driving drunk. It was Jesus guiding you that kept you from ruining the relationship with your parents. It was Jesus guiding you that kept you from dropping out of school. It was Jesus guiding you that kept you from making poor business decisions. It was Jesus guiding you that kept you from sinking into depression. 